Are you looking to get on, to improve yourself, to strive for excellence and attain your potential? No? Then welcome to Deserter. Welcome to our first pubcast of 2019. A new year, a new you. Not dissimilar to the old you, but a bit fatter and happier. We're back with Deadly and some pledger guests who accidentally clicked, sit in on a podcast when pledging for our book, and now find themselves contractually obliged to be here. And hopefully later, join us for a game of Naked Twister. Yeah. (laughs) So hello to you lucky ones, Ian and Ralph, and uh, commiserations to Sally who couldn't make it due to illness. Yes. It, uh, in this episode, what we've been up to, which includes beer, football, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saunas, yeah, jacuzzis, yeah, and we'll learn up. about home and family when we drop in for another lecture at Deserter School. Plus, world news, a moment of silence, book corner, and special guest Tom Cullen from mm. Dulwich Hamlet Football Club will be joining us to answer your questions. Which is probably a very good place for us to start, right? What your questions? Yes. What questions do I have? Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, yeah, that was it, yeah. Champion Hill. Champion Hill. Oh, uh, yes. Back, back, back. D- Dulwich Hamlet came home after 297 days of exile. We were allowed back into Champion Hill on Boxing Day. Fantastic. Um, and you were there? I was there. Uh, and uh, I'd have to say, for me, and I heard this echoed a few times, actually, for me, that was my Christmas Day. Mm. Christmas Day was a bit of a blur of tension, headaches, and thumb-twiddling. But uh, I awoke on Boxing Day very excited. I knew I had to eat something because it was going to be a long day. I didn't feel terribly hungry, but I managed to get a hearty meal down of a walnut, mini blini, and a single Malteser, <laughs> which is, you know, starter, main pudding. So it's quite well-rounded. Mm. Uh, I fired up social media to see if people were getting excited as me, and they were. And they were all talking about going down to the roundabout and getting to the game early. And I thought to myself, what am I doing here? So I got to the EDT three hours before kickoff. Excellent work. Uh, Macca, the Clunas, and the Vicar were already there. <laughs> the palm tree was wrapped in pink and blue um, yeah. on the roundabout, and a massive banner arrived that was planted on the roundabout next to it that read, This meadow is ours. Which uh, clever. was very clever, very clever, because Meadow is the name of the developer who locked us out in the first place. But we're all friends now. Yes, we're all friends now. Are you working for them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was a sellout crowd. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, 3,002, wasn't it? Yeah. So they, they broke the, the ground record. Or... And the law. And the law, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, dropped them into the Met Police. Quite right. Um, but the incredible thing is, you could still get a pint. That is amazing. Yeah. Because I mean, it was hard when there was 1,000. Yes, exactly, exactly. So there's been some uh, major refurbishment and a much more efficient bar, which will get our special guest tom yes. perhaps to tell us a bit more about later on um but the key change really was i think for me the southey beer tent up, up at the car wash end oh that's brilliant I yes mean, you, you came on um, i came the first, this, to the second game on the yeah. saturday and yeah. yeah yeah to be able to be in uh, at, at that end right behind the goal and be able to reach out and get a pint of lovely car scale yeah i mean I, no I, cues. I had a pint already full and I kept looking over, thinking maybe I should just go and get another one because it's, <laughs> because it's there. Um, yes, the queues were just 
Yeah, and Strange in Arms as well uh, is oh. just beyond the Sadi Bar. What's that? Um, they uh, they're the pop up food guys at the Dulwich Beer Dispensary. They Ooh. do uh, like Korean pork stuff with uh, in in a naan. Oh, and did you sample that? Not then. Not, mm. I've had them before, and they're really delicious. Mm. Are you working for them as well? I'm working for them as well. Yeah, I'm working for everybody. I'm <laughs> sponsored all over the place. <laughs> I couldn't make the Boxing Day, unfortunately. I was um, I had a commitment to go to the horse racing. Oh yeah, and uh, lose, lose uh, lost lost uh, every race. But um, to be honest, after the Cheltenham I had, I was due it. This is why I was only putting a couple of pound on each race because I thought I cannot possibly win a race here today. No, you, you got five out of. Five seven out of seven yeah. at Cheltenham, so yeah. it's only right to put something back. Yes, give back to the sport. Mm. Um, well, I or I was feeling in a fine fettle for the um, Dulwich Hamlet return because, of course, I just had a spa break in Malta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here he goes. Um, yeah, I was feeling great. I mean, I was I kept bumping into people saying, "Oh, I feel a bit under the weather. I've got one of these colds that've been going around." You know, I was thinking, "I feel fabulous." Well, your problem is, <laughs> I mean, my average day in Malta was uh, breakfast at ten in my bathrobe, then swim, sauna, jacuzzi, lie in the sun for a bit, wondering what I might have for lunch, then lunch, a nap, and then go for a pint of bubbles on the all in- all inclusive. <laughs> and I was introduced to some showgirls by the. Um, by the missus. Uh, <laughs> what? It <laughs> can't be right. Who'd, who'd arranged, a, with the hotel manager, a special author award oh. for me. Yeah. And I, <laughs> have you I should, finished? I have put the pictures up on my uh, Insta, actually, on uh, the Dulwich Raider Insta. Um, yeah, they, they, they gave me this author award. So it was announced I had to go up on stage and I had to stand with the girls who were all drenched in sweat. Yours, not mine. <laughs> and they were, yeah, I, was, I, I was like, they're all lovely girls and everything, but don't get too close. You know what I mean? You get oh. toweled off. It's a little bit rude. I thought that's extra. Yeah, toweling off. Um, but yeah, very rela- very relaxing uh, break in uh, in Malta. Shout out for Derek at uh, Baron's Bar, who um, we met one night. Where are you from? He said, London. We said, terrible place. He said, <laughs> where are you from? I asked him. Isle of Wight, he said. No offence, he added, to my um, mixed-race friend. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, told us where we'd rather be, really. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but even even before, going back in the mists of time, even before Malta, uh, we had a lovely night out, didn't we, at the um, London Beer Dispensary in Broccoli. Oh, the Game Changer launch. The Game Changer launch. What is the Game Changer? It's an Imperial IPA, brewed by Southey, uh, that's 8.3%, and yet tastes about 79 <laughs> That's very good. That was almost like a sort of sponsor sponsorship read. Yeah, I, I'm being Are sponsored you by them? them as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, we've got a bottle in the fridge. We should crack it open as soon as we finish these G&Ts. <laughs> Don't give it all away. We do this day at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, the game changer. An imperial IPA based on our, on our deserter, which was um, fucking delicious, I think mm, is the technical mm. term for it. Um, it was a great night. We met some um, some of the staff of the Lonely Planet, the yep. three-sided footballers that we wrote about in the book. Yes, Flo and Chris. So yeah. uh, they tell me that they've gone non-league now. Oh. It was too, getting too serious. All right, the, de- yeah. the three-sided league. Okay. Yeah, uh, five of the teams wanted to 
make it less serious and the champions wanted to keep it just as serious as it was. Uh, yeah, funny that. Um, uh, particularly good to meet properly Ben from Campbell Shark, wasn't yes, it? it was. um, yes, it was. Campbell Shark is a micropub that is opening in Camberwell and Ben's opening, he's quit his job to open it uh, with three mates. And I think he said it'd be open around March time, did he? Something like that, yeah. yeah. To be fair, yeah. we were drinking the game changer, so Yeah. Uh, I thought he I thought it would be a good he'd be a good future guest for the podcast actually because in many ways opening your own bar is the deserted dream isn't it It is I mean uh, I know he he was uh, influenced by hearing our podcast but now he's our hero That's right because yeah. he's jacked in work and he's going to open a micropub That's right And and we we have discussed opening uh, a pub in the past haven't we yeah. um, especially so after a few Yeah So um after giving it some thought we've decided that we're more what you might call End users. Indeed. Um, talking of uh, pubs, we had the last stop on our book world tour. Yes. We've been, been everywhere, haven't we? Yeah, everywhere. Brixton, Crystal Palace, yeah. Greenwich, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, this was in Greenwich at the Pelton Arms, mm-hmm. um, where we were made to feel very welcome by Carly and the crew. I thought they were quite a tough crowd. It was a tough crowd, yeah. Mainly, mainly your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there were, was a few of my family there. But yeah, yes, um, very tough, some of them. Um, but I had my beer of the year there, um, the high velocity from Bad oh, Seed Oh, you were on Brewery. the Bad Seed, weren't you? Yeah. Yes, the Dipper, yeah. The 21st of December is the beer of the year. It just goes mm. to show it's never too late to have... No, the best. No, definitely up the beer game at the Pelton. Um, I think I was on the Jaipur mm. uh, pints, mind. Yes, um, yes, true, clever. But uh, yeah, yeah, it did undo me by the end. I have to say, magnificent yeah. pub, though. Great yeah, night. brilliant pub. Thanks very much for having us. Um, what did you get up to for Christmas and New Year? Uh, oh, quiet one. Yeah, just had a quiet one. Yeah. Have a, quiet, have a quiet one. Everyone has a bloody quiet Everyone one. Everyone has a quiet well, one. Everyone has a quiet one. Have you noticed it? When he asked, I just had a quiet one. Just had a quiet one. I had a yeah. noisy one. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, what happened to the noisy ones? You never ask anyone what you did over Christmas and say, fuck me, it was a mega seven-day bender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, well, yeah, to be honest, it probably was a mega seven-day bender, but it was quiet. Yes, exactly, yeah. Maybe we, maybe we just don't like the noise anymore. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there was one night when the neighbours complained. Did they? Yeah, well, they've got a baby. You know, so, oh, yeah, what prone. were you doing? If they've got a baby, dancing and rich. singing. And, yeah. You were dancing and singing? <laughs> yeah. On your own? Yes. <laughs> no, we had an accidental party. We didn't mean to. It just yeah. happened, you know. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Mm. Um, did you get anything nice for Christmas? I got loads of booze, actually. Um, yes, people Almost put, like they know you. I know, yeah, yeah. Lots of wine, whiskey from Wales and Ireland, and uh, a gallon of uh, Iron Pier Big River Pale Ale from my brother. That's mm. that was nice. Very good. Have you got it with you today? Uh, no, I've drunk most of it, actually. Oh. Um, but I bought the Game Changer for Yeah, for exactly. Afters. They've done very well. I did... Uh, uh, in the, sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking about maybe you were going to ask me about what I got for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting, a fla- I'm getting a flashback to last year. It's all about him. He gets obsessed with presents. Definitely. <laughs> what did you get, Drader? I um, I got a book on how to declutter. Yeah. Yeah. You chuck it out. <laughs> got four of them now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I got one of those drones. 
Um, so uh, I was using it. Then I sat, I sat in the park outside, sent my drone to these Weatherspoons, Table 64 on the terrace, <laughs> used my app to order a pint. The pint was delivered to the table, put in the, in the beer basket, flew my drone back to the park, drank it. Not this, didn't spill any? Not a drop was spilled oh. due to all the practice I've been doing at Gatwick pre-Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> now, I also got um, kids' right jokes. Are you familiar with kids' right yes, jokes? Yes, um, It's a, a Twitter uh, feed um, by someone who used to um, moderate a kids' website where they would try to write jokes and fail. I'll just read the couple of them back. You're using it as a coaster? Oh, you? sorry. Yeah, like, not TL, honestly. <laughs> Um, what what do you call a freak horse, Jessica? <laughs> what, what, why do mums get so angry? Because when she sends you to your room, she can read a fashion book. <laughs> and uh, what I saw today on Twitter, actually, was um, all in caps. Did you have fun at work? <laughs> that's a proper joke that's a proper joke that's a proper yeah. joke I, yeah. I got Lady South um, they call me Naughty Lola which is the um, London Review of Books personal ads a, 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 oh, yeah. a compilation of that and the title comes from one of those ads which st- says they call me Naughty Lola run of the mill beardy physicist 45 <laughs> <laughs> Any New Year's resolutions? Um, well, go to um, the Pelton Arms, Blythe Hill Tavern and Dog and Bell more often. Sleep that more, like drink more whiskey, <laughs> repeat until fit and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you? Mine is, uh, I think, play more snooker or die trying. <laughs> and now, a moment of silence. Yes. Not just a minute to remember those who are at work, Mm. but also a chance to clear the mind, recalibrate the soul, and if needs be, go for a waz. Yes, every episode our resident boffin, Deadly Headley, researches a relaxing hourly experience to play while we top up our drinks or have a lovely sandwich. So what have you lined up for us today, Deadly? Well, since we're coming out of a quiet period anyway... Did you have a a quiet Christmas as well, did you? No, it's extremely (laughs) noisy. Uh, I thought I'd play something to get us back into London mode. A nice spot of traffic noise. This is a recording taken while walking across London Bridge. Ready? Yep. Mm -hmm. A moment of silence. That is quite relaxing in a way. Mmm, yeah. Sort of reassuring. Makes you thirsty though, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? London City. London City? What's he on about, London City? That's not relaxing. That's annoying. Yeah, idiot. London City. So, Deadly, should we have a guess at which bridge it is then? Uh, I've already told you which bridge it is. Oh, uh, but if I wasn't listening, does that count? Is it the Golden Gate? Hang on, there's no time for that now. Lessons are starting. Can you lend me a pen, Dirty Sam? 
morally superior. It'll all become clear to you, and you'll deserve the school. Good afternoon, students. By the number of empty seats today, one assumes a Happy New Year was had by all. Jolly good. Before handing over to Dr. Professor Mr. South, there is one change I must alert you to. Mr. R. Singh's tutorials will no longer take place in his office at the Old King's Head. He has relocated to the Belmarsh region after a festive incident where he is taking appointments. He asks that students ensure they bring their coursework, 20 snouts and some kets for the boys. And now, here's Mr. Professor South to talk to you about the home. Thank you, Dean Windus. Home is famously where the heart is, along with the broadband. Once simply the place where we slept and ate, it has become a theatre of work. Allowing your home to become a workplace may be counterintuitive to the deserter, but in many ways, it's a step forward. Consider this. You're not in the office. Not only can no one hear you scream, no one can see you nap. Needless to say, you should time working from home to coincide with special events like the Cheltenham Girl Cup, Wimbledon or the Ashes, just to make sure you don't waste the day. Under no circumstances should you attempt repairs to the home, is that clear? DIY should always be left to someone else. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, you'll know it's a blessing and a curse. Lovely for lolling about in with a G&T, it unfortunately requires attention. Try, when you next mow the lawn, to leave a far corner untouched and put a lounger in it. This should be known as your wilderness area. Then, each time you mow the lawn, ensure your wilderness area becomes a little bigger until it stretches all the way to the kitchen door. Job done. No more lawn mowing and a place to call your own. If you want to fully dedicate your life to deserting, I'm afraid a family is out of the question. Children may be wonderful, but they don't half make it tricky to complete the East Lancashire top ten pubs on a roundabout tour, certainly within the allotted time frame. If children do somehow occur, we advise moving to no more than 50 metres from a pub. When flat hunting, make a point of taking the baby monitor which you should carry to the local bar while the estate agent imitates a baby crying in the property in question. It certainly narrows the field down. These locations are at a premium and with good reason. When you're too tired to consider proper going out, popping over the road in your dressing gown to test the monitor's range gives a wonderful expansion of your horizon. Never mind the local school's Ofsted report, they are prone to change while the baby monitor signal will remain constant, as, if there's a god, will the pub. Thank you, class. Next time, work and how to avoid it. Well, one thing we can't avoid is mm. the news. Oh, yes. Or as I like to call it, the news. <laughs> well, um, pub and beer news. Uh, there's another 
tap room opened in Deptford. Bloody hell. I, it's like they're becoming the beer centre of the world. I know it, yeah. A little faith tap room. They're um, on Creekside. Mm. So it's down the kind of bird's nest, bird's nest end of Deptford, mm. um, which makes another little crawl possible. Um, I think the the Gypsy Brewers they they don't brew in Deptford yet, but uh, they um, have opened a lovely little tap room on, on, on Creekside. Right. Uh, and uh, I saw the old Tiger's Head in Lee has reopened after uh, closing for refurbishment. They spent half a million pounds. What refurbing the pub? Can you, I thought there was. I thought nobody had any money. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, but now there are actually people in it. I don't know. Maybe they just bought people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'd go there for a tenner. Let alone half a million. It is much improved, I have to say. Uh, but um, I, I went there on New Year's Day despite a stonking hangover, mm. just 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 for for this podcast. That is a reportage. That's yeah. diligence. I'm also being sponsored by no, Old Tiger. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> when do I get a cut? Head deadly. When do I get a cut? <laughs> uh, talking of massive improvements, the Dulwich Hamlet FC bar is massively improved, mm. and. Um, key key uh, changes that it's now open all the time i'm sure tom will tell us a bit more about this when he's in yeah we should ask tom about but that. um one to uh, put on your list as a potential local yes they show it... all the football and have nice beer now so, yeah uh, yeah um and then something I, I noticed um just this morning actually was the ale house in new cross did you see about the ale house in new cross well only that you you retweeted it yeah i didn't i did, hadn't heard of it but uh yeah, great. Yeah, and a new um, bar that does four car scales on all the time and gin. Yeah. Which, happily, we're drinking now, aren't we? And has a model railway. Yes, it has a, mod- <laughs> a feature model railway in it. Um, as the blurb says, you know, it's better than watching Sky Sports. Yeah, is it? Mm, not sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's an interesting feature, nonetheless. It is, it and, is. And uh, it's in that little stretch, or going to be in that little stretch, I think it's opening in February or March. Um, yes, March, Between yeah. uh, the Amersham Arms and the Royal Albert, so it's sort of the Deptford end. Yeah, okay. Another a great addition to Newcross. Yeah. Um, uh, on to non-pub and beer news, always a sad moment for me personally, but... Uh, <laughs> Did you see uh, that piece in The Independent about um, if you're lazy, you live longer? Yes, I find that very reassuring. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, some people say laziness is like a lifestyle choice, but really, I was born this way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't at me. Um, the piece began, do you ever feel like a lazy day on the sofa but fear you might be wasting away and decide to do something active instead? Don't no. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, think again, because new scientific research has found that being lazy is a better way to extend your life. Scientists have discovered that species, or however you say it, with a higher metabolic rate are more prone to extinction than those which are a little lazier. Mm. And it concludes... In the long term, the best evolutionary strategy for animals is to be lassitudinous and sluggish. We're going to live forever. Absolutely. <laughs> I've printed it out and stuck it on the lawnmower for spring. Uh, not that I'm ever allowed to do the lawnmower, to I'm allowed nowhere near it since I mowed the cable in two. <laughs> I was mad on hash and coffee. Um, 
You, you mentioned you, you'd noticed something about the magic mushroom boom. Yes, magic mushroom boom. Yes, <laughs> uh, normally there are only apparently thirty-three fruiting days in autumn when mm. uh, you can pick up magic mushrooms around the countryside. Uh, but this year, thanks to global warming, there were seventy, yes. and you could pick them all the way up to New Year's Day, Bloody all hell. over Southwest England and wherever else yes. they, they, they grow. Um, yeah, I mean, the people, not the countryside, but Christ, they've got the shrooms, haven't they? Well, you don't uh, have to go to the countryside, because I remember seeing them growing on Champion Hill when I went to see Dulwich once. Wow, wow. They were, yeah. they were out by the corner flag. We were trying to get Ian Daly to pick them and pass them to us so we could all go mad. Yeah, that's I mean, non-league for you. Right that's there, that is. Yeah. That's non-league. We'll yeah, get that I down mean, the Emirates. It's supposed to be the safest recreational drug, um, mm. yet you can get seven years for picking them. Uh, for picking them? Yeah, you can get seven years for picking a mushroom. That is, yeah, that is an actual quote from the Guardian. I don't know if it's true, but it's in the papers. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought you could pick them, but you. Uh, I mean, you can have them growing on your property. But you can't pick them. Just look at them. I know you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to, to dry, dry them, them, are you? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then soak them, those soak, them in, soak them in vodka and make, make make tea out of them. You can't do that either. No, it does help, but um, it's illegal. Yeah. The other thing I noticed was, was um, less good news was uh, the decline of nightclubs. I mean, uh, I don't go to nightclubs so much uh, these days. Doesn't of course, sound but, like um, it. Maybe you're dancing and singing. <laughs> but yeah, lots of uh, young'uns are swamp- swapping thumping bass for indoor golf, trampolining, and in East London, a vegan food festival that describes itself as the wildest plant-based party in the capital. I mean. It, I can't argue with it, but probably is. I mean, I don't know of any any wilder. They some of those mushrooms They do, yeah, yeah. People are going to the gym instead of staying up all night, which is a shame. In the club, in the nightclubs that are turning into gyms. Yes, and some nightclubs are turned into gyms because, yeah. I suppose it makes sense because they both stink and play shit music. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, people are a bit more concerned about what they eat and what they look like and want to portray this poor, perfect life. Uh, on Instagram and, and so I forth. I see. I think they're heading for a crashing midlife crisis myself. Yeah. I think what we need is a war. <laughs> <laughs> People have had it too good for too long. They've forgotten why we've had peace. So we just need a little bit of suffering. <laughs> Imagine losing like Jacob Mogg. four or five of your close friends. <laughs> what that would do. Then you'd go back down the nightclub, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be going yeah, to a you, plant-based no, you'd night get off out. Your, off your fucking head on drugs, wouldn't you? Yes. And have a good time. Yeah. So, um, are we all agreed on that then? Two dances. <laughs> Third World <laughs> War. <laughs> I saw a news item. Well, it was carried by a, num- a number of um, organs. Actually, I saw it in the NME. Um, that Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey sent beard shavings to Azealia Banks so she could make him an amulet to protect him from ISIS. What? <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't the onion or the Sunday sport? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's in several papers. Um, I've nothing, nothing to say about the story, really, except that it does make me wonder if 2019 might be the year when I no longer understand news. <laughs> I am the corporate deserter. I earn a six-figure salary. And I do fuck all. 
Hello again. More tips and tricks from me, the corporate deserter. Today, meetings. Meetings are the beating heart of an organisation. As a manager, call them often, lead them, boss them. Meetings are where you tell people to do your work, and in front of everyone else too, so there's no comeback. As a subordinate, be silent but strong, or strong but silent, or at least silent. Resist drawing attention to yourself unnecessarily. You may be given work. If you are asked a direct question, be firm, be clear, and whatever you do, don't be yourself. You'll give the game away in no time. Don't make jokes. The boss will think you're a cunt. Jokes are for bosses to tell, at which you should laugh like a drain. Then everyone else will think you're a cunt, but that doesn't matter, because they are not the boss. Disagreements may arise in the meeting room. That's only natural. As a boss, never overtly disagree with someone. Simply say, let's take a step back here, and then restate your position, but this time standing up and shouting. If senior staff are present, be prepared to agree with the idiots. They pay your wages. Remember, never wrestle with pigs. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it. Finally, cancelling a meeting doesn't make people sad. It makes them happy. If your staff need cheering up, arrange a meeting and then cancel it. Now look at you. You're a fucking hero. Well, someone who won't be having any meetings is uh, Uncle Spider, Drunkle Spider, mm, that's true. Uh, who's also failed to uh, send us uh, a letter from the world because he's too busy arsing about. Um, he, he did send us an email, though. Yeah. Uh, shall I see if you got an extract from that? Okay, yeah. He did say, you know, if I do send you something, it might be political. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ergo, in the 30 months since Brexit happened... I spent just six in Britain. In the other 24 months, I've been to 37 countries and six continents, and in every one, I've been embarrassed to be British. <laughs> Apart from Australia, in which, even during an ashes drubbing, I could hold my head high. I'm currently boycotting the USA, but in the end, it may be the only refuge for a superiority complex like mine. <laughs> Uh, he tr- so he travels with his Iranian girlfriend. He says that um, wherever he go, people glaze over whenever he says Britain, but their eyes light up when she says Iran. It's not just because she's gorgeous and I'm a bit of a knob. Mm. That's true, of course, but I swear people think differently about Britain. Certainly Europe has had enough, but it goes much further. When people in Colombia look down on you because you're British and therefore probably a racist cunt, <laughs> you know there's something wrong. Aren't they all supposed to be knocked up murderers? Funny, I never saw any drugs or murderers. I only saw people who would have been absolutely amazing if they didn't think I must be a racist cunt. <laughs> I'm currently in Peru. It's a bit like Oldham, but without the cunts. <laughs> <laughs> every woman, every man, every boy and every girl Take a seat, it's drunk or spider's letter from the world. Books, 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 books. Letters. 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 letters, letters, words, words. Reading. Reading. reading, sentences, sentences. paragraphs, fonts, fonts. Words, again. words again, corners, corners. It's, it's book it's corner. corner. Today's book is in fact a biography. 
a biography of a journalist, barfly, gigolo, actor, navvy, boxer and alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) As a diarist, he is being compared to Pepys and Boswell, particularly for his low-life column in The Spectator, memorably once described as a suicide note in weekly instalments. The man in question is Geoffrey Bernard, and the biography is Just the One by Graham Lord. And why were you drawn to this book, Vinny? <laughs> As if you need us. Somebody did suggest it. One of our readers did suggest it. Okay. Uh, sadly, I can't recall which one it was. So mm. apologies uh, for whoever that was. Um, yeah, he was a legendary columnist for The Spectator and Private Eye and, and, and uh, Sporting Life. Um, and he was immortalised by um, Keith Waterhouse's play Geoffrey Bernard is Unwell, um, which yeah. starred Peter Toole, who was his friend. Um, Geoffrey Bernard is Unwell, the title would appear in uh, The Spectator uh, instead of his column whenever he was too hungover or drunk to produce one. That's right, which is very desertory. <laughs> very. <laughs> he used to go boozing with people like Francis Bacon and uh, Dylan Thomas uh, around uh, the French house and mm. coaching horses. Um, getting in fights and getting arrested and getting barred, uh, attempting suicide, having affairs, catching money, that sort of thing. Mm. (laughs) I liked his attitude to his career. Uh, He was always desperate for money but reluctant to do much work. Mm. Um, And he was a real freeloader of drink and holidays and places to live. He was always in someone's attic or sofa. (laughs) Um, And he was was a gifted writer, but he could only write in in short bursts, Mm. you know, a bit like a blogger. Does sound familiar. Yeah. Um, he was always writing his autobiography, but never quite finished it. Um, That's right. And it was called Reach for the Ground. Reach for the Ground. <laughs> he was commissioned um, he did, several times. He did make a start. He did make an, a cursory attempt to start writing, apparently, because um, he wrote a letter once to the New Statesman asking, can anyone tell me what I was doing between 1960 and 1974? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took a few advances, but uh, never got round to Yeah. To writing it, um, but he start, you know, he started life as a journalist in much the way that he went to uh, he, that, that he went on. This was from the book. Um, he began to demonstrate right from the start the erratic nature that was to infuriate so many editors in later years. Dennis Hackett once asked him to go to Goodwood to write a piece about the racing, but in the bar at the Victoria Station, Bernard <laughs> met two friends for just the one, and they ended up missing several trains and finally spent the day in a betting shop. <laughs> I mean, many bets that he wouldn't live to see 40, let alone 50, and he, mm, did, mm. he did make it to 65 despite a lot of in, ill health. Yeah. Uh, he suffered with pancreatitis uh, after a two-week whiskey bender that didn't involve very much food, um, and drink cost him a lot of work. Um, he was fired after turning up drunk at the office of the Eagle and calling the editor a cunt. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Eagle comic? Yes. <laughs> uh, he was also sacked by Sporting Life uh, for collapsing drunk when he was supposed to give a speech at uh, a, a horse racing meet. Um, but he, he, he said wisely, you should never be afraid of the sack. Um, mm. He did suffer mentally a little too. He had a little breakdown and spent some time in a mental hospital where he made friends with uh, a guy called Jock, um, who lived on a bench in Ealing Common. <laughs> Despite his humble abode, uh, Jock had uh, a pint of milk and the sporting life delivered daily. 
Um, but he eventually found his way to the Spectator, uh, which mm. was perfect for him. Really, mm. Uh, mm. there was a, a, an account of the the editor's day there, which which went ten fifty five, arrive at office, eleven o'clock, lose article by Solzhenitsyn, eleven o five, to the pub for gin and tonic. <laughs> You mentioned the um, Geoffrey Bernardi's Unwell, um, which often replaced his columns in The Spectator. Mm. My favourite one, though, was an announcement in the column that read, Geoffrey Bernard's column does not appear this week as it is remarkably similar to that which he wrote last week. <laughs> <laughs> he was fond of taking a pop at other... Uh, columnists as well um he had a go at uh, lady antonia fraser don't know if you remember her mm. she was uh, i can't remember she's vogue health and beauty i'm mm. not sure if you take it um but uh, yeah she was anointing herself with eau de, eau de toilette and he he had a knock at her morning regime by um recalling uh, as soon as i wake up i smoke three or four senior service and then cough for 10 minutes <laughs> I like to cough into Kleenex for men tissues, which I buy Shea Packwood of Lambourne. Then I get up and make the first cup of tea with a Marks and Spencer tea bag. I usually go back to bed for 20 minutes and study the day's runners and riders while my wife strokes my forehead and begs me to pull myself together. When I get up, I wash in water if the pipes haven't frozen and burst. I'm very fond of Thames waterboard water, which we have specially piped in. <laughs> Sleep is important to morning freshness, and I take two Valiums and a mug of Ovaltine and whiskey before burying my burying my face in my pillow and sobbing myself to sleep. <laughs> yes, he mentioned Lambourne in there because he had a period where he, although he was a you know greatly associated with Soho, he did live in the country for a little while, which was a terrible mistake, mm, uh, mm. as you can imagine. Uh, I mean, one of the things about the country is you have to drive everywhere, mm, mm. and uh, he crashed his car and decided to never drive again uh, because he, he drove back from the pub drunk in the dark with no lights on on the wrong side of the road. And um, uh, and so then he was stuck. You know, he's not driving anymore. He's stuck at home. Um, and uh, Graham Lord reports, his solution was magnificently simple. Each day in the village, he posted himself an envelope bearing a 17p first-class stamp. The next morning, the postman would drive all the way up to the lane to Crane's farm to deliver the envelope. When he arrived, Bernard would be standing at the gate to catch a lift back into the village, where he would immediately post himself another letter. <laughs> For 17p a day, he had ensured a daily taxi service. Once safely in the village of East Garston, Bernard would repair to the Queen's Arms at about 9am where Tony Lovell would leave the back door open so that Bernard and some of his thirstier racing cronies could help themselves to a few heart starters from behind the barn. <laughs> Absolute genius. That's great. Yeah. Um, a doctor did ask him uh, why he drank so much and why he smoked so much. And he, he said, why, why do I drink? To stop myself jogging, he said. <laughs> An example to us all. Absolutely. So that is just the one by Graham Lord. Graham Lord, the wives and times of Geoffrey Bernard. And to, we have a special guest today, uh, Tom yep. Cullen from Dulwich Hamlet, uh, 
inside right, I believe he plays. <laughs> um, I've also bought your book here, uh, Crippen the Mild Murderer by Tom Cullen. Oh, oh you're, good you're, a fan, you're, you're a fan of my early work. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. What do you think? Uh, very good. Real yeah, good portraits at the end there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I didn't expect that ending. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't begin, I didn't expect this start, mate. No, me neither, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yes, uh, Tom is, of course, a director of Dulwich Hamlet Football Club. Yes. And um, the Raider has uh, inquired of uh, Twitter for some questions. I have. Uh, oh, I mean, good. before 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 I get to those, I've got some of my own. Oh, okay. yeah. of course. Sim- simple <laughs> ones. Mm. Like, Tom, how did you start working at the club? Uh, some say it's black magic. Yeah. What's that's your right. response to that? Uh, I'm uh, uncover agent. No, uh, I was a fan and got involved with the social media side of things uh, and... Uh, the kind of press side of stuff um, via the football committee and then obviously what's happened over the last year or so happened and then just kind of stepped up and um, yeah did did what needed to be done really I mean it's a remarkable tale not just the return to Champion Hill after almost a year being locked out but a remarkable tale over the last few years isn't it it wasn't that long ago that attendances were measured in the low hundreds I mean I can recall that and now they're in the low thousands. Which now is, they're in the low thousands. Or six thousand turned up for two games over the holiday. Yeah, that was um, that was oh, that was that's insane. That was insane. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's been a it's been a huge amount of work from a lot of people, mm. mainly to reach out to the local community really, and let mm. people know there's actually a football club like just behind Sainsbury's. Mm. If you just look, those big things on on mm. sticks are lights for a stadium. Yeah. Um, and if you get <laughs> uh, if you know if you engage people and let people in, uh, especially at the start, it was the ethos was always. With 3,000 capacity, and if only 250 people are coming, then there's, you know, 2,750 people you could get in there for free. So that's what we did. Got people, uh, gave away free tickets, engaged mm-hmm. local schools, communities, charities, youth groups. Um, and slowly, as time went on, uh, and uh, along with some helpful characters that livened yes. up the place yes. um, over the years. Are we talking about... We're talking about many people, but uh, <laughs> I, I won't name him specifically because you, they'll, they'll be holding a roof somewhere in Northern Ireland. But, uh, <laughs> you know, people, people all have, have helped in their own ways. And, um, and yeah, now it's just kind of growing and growing and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's quite, it's quite incredible. Um, Need a bigger ground now. Let's <laughs> oh, not dive into that one too soon, mate. Give me a break. Christ. One, one of the more sensible questions I um, collated from Twitter when I invited questions. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this, by the way. It was from so. Matt. Who, um, <laughs> not Matt Foldsy. Matt Arnold. Oh, Matt, Matt Arnold. Arnold, okay, fine. He asked uh, if um, Dulwich has a repeatable model for how non-league clubs deal with you know, unscrupulous owners or increasing attendances. Uh, or is it just simply because we are in Zone 2 in London with a huge untapped fan base? I think there's, it's a bit of both, really. I think there's certainly things that we did that could be um, taken uh, in other circumstances or for different clubs. There are certain things that you could definitely uh, re- uh, reproduce and kind of go through those same channels. But that actually is a very specific mm. and unique situation mm. where it is... Uh, the kind of people that live uh, locally and also what's happening both in terms of politics mm. uh, in football and outside of football. Mm. Um, so I don't think you could straight transplant what happened to another ground, but there's certainly no. things that we've learned that, that we can pass on to other clubs that would be really, really beneficial. And we are doing that in the moment. I've mm. talked to two mm. or three mm. already about yeah. um, how we can how we can just advise and help and, and give them ideas on who to talk, talk to and you know how to communicate with people. 
Yeah, so I mean, you must have kept diplomatic channels open at a time when the fans all turn their hair out and saying, you know... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you kind of rude whip, words. You whip up a storm and then you have to go in the middle of the storm <laughs> and then put, put your umbrella up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, no, we did. But I mean, that was a really important thing, you know. It, it doesn't really matter how personally you feel. And obviously football is a hugely emotional business. It's not a, it's not a, a your typical... Um, uh, company or kind of uh, mm, mm, you know yeah. the way you'd, you'd run things it is a lot of it is you know done on emotion yeah. um you have to then yeah kind of step back a little bit and, and think about it in a slightly different um a different realm and you know we, we managed to do that and uh, we are as we speak uh on very good terms with all the parties we need to be on good terms with yes god bless them uh, uh, sponsored by them by the way yeah Vin is now <laughs> sponsored by meadow um <laughs> Let me run through some of these questions, shall I? Brixton Hatter asks, what are the prospects of getting beyond the current one-year rolling lease on the ground? Um, I mean, at the moment, the one-year rolling lease uh, is pretty much watertight. Uh, it is, it's pretty much, it, the, the, both the leases are codependent, so Greendale and uh, on um, on the ground itself. Mm. Uh, it's 18 months initially, and then yearly rolling automatically every February so at the moment um, that's there'd have to be some sort of transgression for that not to roll over yeah there would and on, mm. on, on any side and frankly yeah. no one's keen on any more transgressions I think no. we're quite tired tired of transgressions <laughs> of the last year uh, there's been a lot of work making uh, you know everyone happy with, with what this deal is um, <laughs> so um, I don't think anyone's going to be putting any silly ones no um, um, so I think we're all pretty happy that it's a pretty solid deal Um and frankly, for us, it's just about making sure we can get back, get back on our feet, as it were, yes. and then move from there uh, in a better position. Um, okay, Sly Robbins asks, what, if anything, do you know about Dirty South marrying twin wives? <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't invited to the reception, which yeah. is How frustrating. I have to apologise. I still would have enjoyed the invite, Vince, because it sounded like quite the party. Um, I know, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go into. No, I mean, that's per- personal life on a podcast. No, 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 I think never. I, I never ever. I mean, don't don't shoot the messenger. No, I'm just saying. Um, come on. Let's get back to a better, <laughs> straighter question. Psycho Dunk asks: oh, Is it ever acceptable? to put vinegar on a roast dinner oh no i know i know exactly where this is from as well it's quite this is the you know as much as uh, we like to talk about why dipper academy isn't starting this is this is a big one for the dulwich fans <laughs> and it's mainly down to isaac parnell who is absolutely dead set on putting vinegar on yes. a roast dinner i've never heard of um, it and i've never heard of it that's um, controversial uh, it's, it's not controversial it's just fucking weird it's just, it's it's just weird it's think of mint sauce that's got vinegar it does but it's got mint it does yeah 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 <laughs> that, 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 that's the good bit Right? No, look, Isaac also had a Christmas dinner this year where they had the full trimmings and a massive bowl of beans. So I've got no idea where he comes from, where his flavour profiles yeah. have developed. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's acceptable and I think it should be shamed. <laughs> uh, Matt Arnold again, oh, who, was, who asked about the uh, repeatable model. Yes. Uh, Dulwich um, had another question. It, which was how about some portaloos next to the can bar? Yes, that's including very good urinals. Idea. And then he, he says, "Actually, forget the other question. Just ask that question." So, yeah. Sorry, Matt, for asking your original question. Um, yeah. How about some portaloos? What? How, we did have portaloos. We did. We did, and then they never got emptied. Ooh. So they weren't that great. A lot of them ended up being locked, and then they're just kind of pointless, like horrible carrots being dangled in front of you. I could go there. Oh no, no they're all closed. I see, yeah. No. Yeah. 
Um, no, we are getting some in. We were trying to get some in before Christmas or for the Christmas games, but um, frankly, I think a lot of people saw a nice little payday from us. <laughs> got some extortionate quotes for really, supporters yeah. because yeah. we had to do it quite quick. You know, yeah, the turnaround yeah. was like yeah. five weeks, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get some in for the new year because, I mean, we've worked so hard on making the bar queue tiny <laughs> which we were going to come on to we, we, yeah. we can, yeah. and it, yeah. so now the, the biggest queues in the ground is yes. the toilet which is not the best <laughs> you, they're all drinking because they're all drinking more, more yeah. which yeah. we never had before it's a problem of our own success <laughs> yes um, we, did, we did mention the bar a couple of times earlier on I mean it's a revelation isn't it do you want to just go into what you've uh, done there yeah I mean how it's different uh, so we we all we always knew that the bar was underutilised and um, had an issue with capacity really and, and mm. how much people could get in there and it was like Obviously, running the, the Twitter side of things, I'd get basically complaints every home game. Waited half an hour for a drink, missed yeah. half the game. Yeah, It's awful and annoying to read all the time when you just thought, even someone with no expertise in pubs apart from going to loads of them, <laughs> yes. whereas uh, a few simple changes in this would all get a lot better. Mm. Um, and we employed a really great bar manager called Dave Brown, who works at Montpellier and the White Horse, uh, Brixton Port Authority at Brixton Pop. Um, he's come in uh, and with us just totally like, Totally revolutionised the place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now nine, nine points of service. We've got 38 taps as opposed to 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the full use of the place, made the flow better. Um, put some really good stuff on, I think. Uh, we've kept the prices low, 350 for a, a cider, yeah. a lager and a bitter. In zone two is not not too bad. Um, and also, we, you know, we're stocking at the moment, we're stocking Gypsy Hill and Brick as well, yeah. looking to get more Four Pure and some more Canopy in. Um, we are also going to, we, we've kind of taken the menu down, we've slimlined it for, for match days, um, just to make it easier in terms of speed of service. But mm. we've got some really good bar staff in and we've, we've kind of learned that they're capable of doing a bit more if needs be, even when it's busy. So we're going to look at bringing in Canopy and Brick and Four Pure and hopefully Gypsy Hill all on match day as well. Okay. Thirsty now. So you can get all that. <laughs> Me too. As well. Pass the I, game changer. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone's mentioned it, but I'm drinking a lovely drink of <laughs> Deserta Game Changer. He's double He's IPA. very good. He's very and, uh, good. It's, it's a tasty yeah. drop. <laughs> Mm, refreshing um, yeah um, and the, uh, other, the other key change is of course that it's open well, it's all great. the time that's right I mean I, I to not not to break the magic of this podcast but yeah. when, when does this come out when does it come out tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah so so that means on, in a couple of days <laughs> this will the bar will be open uh, yeah five days or seven days a week sorry um, fantastic every day um, from either 5 until 11 or 11.30 or 12 till 12 on a Saturday. Um, so we could live there. You could live there. I mean, it is dangerously close to definitely Andy's house. Yeah, I, I, uh, it, I, it could become my local. <coughs> Although I understand it doesn't have a model railway, but it does show Sky Sports. Well, we, but we, <laughs> look, we do have a suggestion box. <laughs> so I'm sure we can get one. Uh, no, we've, we're going it, to... It's basically, you know, it's, it's going to be just a place you can go and watch any football, any time. Uh, only sports really um, mm. and you know it's not it's not the most beautiful of rooms it's <laughs> essentially even though it's built in the 90s it looks like a 1960s office um, but we've done what we can with it uh, there's no point trying to make anything fancy it just needs to be kind of a, a dimly lit sports bar yeah. football ground yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind yeah. of no, what we've know, done we've done great things you've got me Lots of pink yeah. and blue. You had me at dimly lit. Blue, yeah, loads of pink and blue. Mm. Yes, mm. The, our good friends at Jägermeister uh, <laughs> paid paid for some uh, oh, some stuff them. on the walls. Bless them. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised apparently. Dirty South isn't being sponsored by them. He's been sponsored by Jägermeister. That's yeah. why you have to See keep Dirty outfit. South. I look like a Formula One driver <laughs> just covered in sponsors like Jägermeister Dirty South has to be kept at constant minus 18 degrees 
Um, well, thank you very much, Tom. Tom Cullen uh, from Dulwich Hamlet FC. Will you stay with us while we do our social media scene? Well, I mean, I don't think I've got much choice. <laughs> so, yes, I will. No. I shall. It's shit, but it's all we've got. Um, <laughs> you think he's joking? Um, right, so to, to the social media scene. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. It. It's cool, that phrase, isn't it? Isn't it's it? It's so cool. It's a very cool I phrase. I think it's cool when you do the air quotes over the scene as well. That's yeah. good. So, so we, you can't see that. Social no, media yeah. scene. Um, first up, uh, did you guys see the Guardian article on how to make your own vermouth from leftover wine? Uh, one, one thing struck Muriel de la Colony about it. It was the phrase, leftover wine. <laughs> <laughs> like, like many of us. Uh, yeah, puzzling, isn't it? Yeah, uh, they wondered, what is this mythical stuff? <laughs> Never heard of it. Mm. Um, that was the first thing I saw. And then and I just noticed the other day, uh, Jaden um, from America gave us all a little date alert. She just noticed it was 2019 now. And uh, she said, uh, she, te- she tweeted, you ever think about how the year 3000 is literally 81 years away? <laughs> uh, that, that's now been uh, retweeted half a million times. <laughs> and she's going to appear on the Ellen show. <laughs> so uh, who's the idiot? <laughs> I saw, uh, who was it? Uh... Andres uh, Forgash, who um, this was over Christmas, he tweeted, "I'm not drinking by myself. I'm self-employed, and this is my corporate Christmas party." Fair enough. <laughs> I think we've all been there, haven't we? Most yeah. nights. And uh, who else was there? Doctor, uh, no, Reverend Bison Sexhorn. <laughs> Hang on, I'm pretty sure I know who's buying this account. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, yes, he saw a tweet about all jokes being offensive and people shouldn't get so offended by humour. And he was mm. furious that somebody said all jokes are offensive because uh, you have to work hard at jokes. It's easy to offend people, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And um, and and uh, at Mippy replied, "Look, I really offended a dog with uh, well, without a nose once." Turns out they don't like people pointing out that they smell. Not like the old days before PC went mad. And then <laughs> PC world. <laughs> it's a PC world gone mad. PC world gone mad. At Robot Maths replied, you try explaining why the chicken crossed the road and they'll put you in prison these days. <laughs> and Mippy replied, all chickens and jokes need to be halal now. <laughs> yeah, clever. Good point. I was introduced to an Instagram account called Humans of the Sesh. Oh, I yeah. don't know if you've come across oh, that. Oh, I'm very familiar with Humans of the Sesh. Yeah. I'm obviously a bit late place. to the game because you've got 38,000 followers. Um, but they, they're almost like poetic pains to booze and drunkenness. Um, and Cyclo Dunk again appointed, pointed me to a seasonal one from some old guy. Probably he looked like he was in his 80s. Christmas time, he said. It's not about religion. It's not even about Santa, it's about pints. <laughs> Lovely, beautiful pints. I've become obsessed with them around this time of year. My grandchildren look at me and say, I can't wait for Santa to bring me a phone. And honestly, all I can see is a cold pint of stout staring me in the eye. <laughs> I'm drawn to the pub. You know when you wake up with a hangover and smell a fry cooking? You just have to get up and find it. That's what happens to me, except the smell brings me to the pub. The smell of pints. <laughs> the smell of love. 
now I really am thirsty. Yeah, me too, actually. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we got I think time? that's all we've got time for, isn't it? Yeah, let's get down the pump yeah. quick.